Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. My name is James, aka the Architect, and with me, as always, is Skull Hunter James, aka Jordan, aka Colonel Angus Phobic. Wait, why did why is my name James now? Okay, well, uh, my name is James. Did I, everybody, did I call you James? I you meant to call you Jordan. Me James. Sorry, I was so I was so worried about mispronouncing Colonel Angus that <laughs> I forgot your name. Well, uh, my new name is James now. Welcome, everybody. Uh, and joining us today, as always, we have Joseph in the house and Charles. Hey, guys. Hey. I, uh, Thank you for having me here. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a good. Hey, James. My name's James. <laughs> okay. No, it is not. <laughs> this has been for the worst trade deal I've oh ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> His name is not James. I promise. I know him. He's a great guy. James is a great guy. Fake Fantastic news. Fantastic guy. It's, just, it's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh. Trust me, there's plenty more impressions coming throughout the podcast. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm excited. But I want to start off on an actual, like, positive note. Because I don't think we have enough positivity on this podcast. We're not the podcast of positivity. Um, our actual no, that's New Day's people. podcast if we have to start one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, <laughs> so as we all know, Jordan is single-handedly responsible for shutting down Google Stadia and bad-mouthing Google and make sure we don't get a Google sponsorship. But that's okay because we want to spread positive today. So, Intersloth, the people behind Among Us. We had talked about, I believe, the very first episode Joseph was on. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Game Awards, we talked about marketing strategies that they could have. We talked about if they started selling plushies, they would make buku bucks on it. Mm-hmm. Well, last week they dropped their brand new airship map, which crashed the game for many users because nobody was able to get on it because everyone was trying to get on it. But also, later that day, they put on sale plushies officially licensed by them. And your boy got his today. Oh, yeah. I, I want a green one. Really, really cool. Uh, if you want one, they sent out a tweet not too long ago. Um, like the reds, the limes, and the dark greens, and I think purple maybe, are basically almost sold out. Wow. Yeah. So obviously, we we called this months ago mm-hmm. that if they ever did this, they would make crazy amount of money. They would sell out, and that's basically what we're seeing here. I ordered mine the second they went on sale because I, I told you guys I would. As soon as they did it, I would. And mm-hmm. I, I did. And what's actually really impressive is I think it came out last Wednesday. And I didn't even pay for extra shipping. I just paid for standard shipping. And it already got here. It literally got here today. Today is Monday the 5th, by the way, if uh, this podcast doesn't come out on Tuesday. We were recording a little late. It was Easter. Had to spend some time with family. But how was your guys' Easter if you guys celebrate? How was your guys' weekend if you don't? Uh, uh, Joseph, how how was your how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. I went to go visit the family. had a uh, had our you know yeah traditional uh, Easter uh, Good Friday dinner. Uh, ate fish because apparently fish don't have souls. So yeah, that's yeah. Are you if you don't want me asking? Never mind. I'll I'll tell you. I'll ask you later. All right, Charles. What about you, man? My Easter was good. My dad had to. Leave, my mom left this past Sunday. Because Go to the place where my dad's working, but he only is able to come home every other ten days. And um, so we had a like Easter dinner and everything Saturday, and I got to see my sister's new little puppy. He's this cute little furry thing that 
Huh. They say it's a mutt, but I don't know what it was, but she was cute as hell. And, it's um, called an Ewok. And this past weekend, I've been faking getting re- I've been playing Outriders, and I like the game a lot and everything. But Jesus freaking Christ, the enemies in that game are freaking annoying. When you have a mu- group of them all freaking bum-rushing you at once, and it's like, what the f- am I supposed to do? And also, I've been freaking happy as hell, because I said it from week one, and I freaking will say it again. This company won the Wednesday Night War. Screw you, NXT. Other than that, I've been doing pretty good. <laughs> I love, I love at first. I thought it was going to get depressing because uh, Charles kept like trying to pronounce, pronunciate that his uh, dad's out of town, but it kept sounding like he was going to say his mom and dad split up. <laughs> I was like, oh no, and, like this is this is legit. And then he went on the rant about out out. Uh, Outlanders or Outriders. 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 And then he comes back to WWE, goes off, and then just goes, yeah, but it was okay. You know, all because it's, it's not it's not too bad. <laughs> so that's good, man. I'm glad. Oh, that's good. What about you, Jordan? Oh, uh, my my weekend was uh, busy, to say the least. Uh, didn't celebrate Easter. We usually do. Uh, but eh, I'm, I'm an adult. I spent Easter cleaning my house and working out and doing better things for me uh got to do like 30 minutes of yoga high intensity workout for 15 and got to finally start running again um but we didn't really celebrate easter i helped my family move again um hopefully don't have to do that again uh but that's really been my weekend finally started playing minecraft again i took an hour today and yesterday and played minecraft just for me so I'm finally playing a game for fun again. It's it's a weird experience, but I'm trying to trying to balance everything out a little bit. But I don't know where James want to go with the Outlanders or Outriders uh, situation. But I think that, yeah, that'll be in a little bit. I'll discuss okay. what I did for uh, Easter. Um, yeah, first of all, I want to just caveat off what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, you're a streamer, content creator. You play games all the time, so like. It's starting to feel like work, so it's always good to take time and actually play a game for fun. That's just for yourself, which is important. That's why, like, when I invite you to play games and stuff like that, you don't have to stream it or play it. It Just just come on, have a good time, relax. Yeah, Um, I think it's hard for the mental side. Like, you're working so much, and when you do something at line of field, it's like, I mentioned to Christy about uh, Grounded, and she was like, yeah, well, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah. And I immediately uh, put it in a streaming schedule. It wasn't even a, <laughs> I could have fun with this. I'm going to have fun. But it's also like, it's right. my work. It makes more sense to put it in a schedule and trying to get it done. Yeah. I feel like um, my uh, CSGO team, we started practicing. Like nice. we had our first, we had our first scrim uh, Friday. Was it Friday? Friday, I believe it was. And yeah, because I had Monday Thursday service, so yeah, it was Friday. Had our first scrim and stuff like that. It went, it wasn't bad at all, but like I feel that because like I used to play Counter Strike for fun, and then I played it competitively, and then I played it for fun again, and now I'm going back in a loop where it's like it's gonna be competitive, and then I'm I'm just afraid that like I'm gonna stop having fun with it, like when I yep. play with you guys. But we're gonna change that. It's all good. But my Easter was pretty good. We had the uh, family over, uh, just me and my wife, uh, mother in law, father in law, and then my sister in law and her. Uh, fiance, nice. Me and my wife, we made we made a rack of lamb for the very first time. I've never had lamb. Never oh, had so lamb. good, very good. Marinated it for about twenty four hours. It's really good. And then we made pork chops as backup because if we messed up the lamb, we wanted to make sure we had backup. So we did. Um, 
I, as you guys know, I give up candy for Lent, and so I got one of those giant one-pound Reese's eggs in my Easter basket for my mother-in-law, and I ate half of it that morning and immediately got sick, and now I am back off candy for at least a day. <laughs> makes makes sense. But I'm... overall, it was, it was a great time. Everyone has seemed to have a good time, so uh, it sounds like we all had a decent time besides maybe Jordan. Beep, beep. <laughs> Um, I mean, all all in all, I I did have a good time. I I think mental health is a big thing, and I'm trying to. It's been I've been emailing this one person constantly, um, trying to do a charity stream. Once we hit a thousand followers on Facebook, do a 24 hour charity stream, and it's to raise awareness for mental health and stuff like that. Um, so I've been having to kind of also step back and take care of my side too. So it's it's been an experience, but all in all, the week was fine though. Like I'm I'm down. I, I was ready for this week. Like a week filled up and I have scheduled for everything. I'm just like, oh yes, yes. As long if I can work out every day, I'm I'm down. And I'm back on a diet. So no more no more good food for me. I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that I've Trust me, there's a reason why we went with lamb and not turkey for Easter. Understandable. Understandable. I had ham. See, okay, so real fast. So I was on I was on Facebook, and it was a bunch of people having, like, ham, or they were having, um, they were having freaking uh, lamb. But I didn't see anyone having turkey. Is there, like, a preference or, like, a guideline to follow? Like, usually... Thanksgiving is always a turkey. Christmas is always a ham. Like, is there an actual guideline to follow with that or no? Yes, yes and no. There's cultural norms and then there's preference. Okay. So the cultural norm for people who aren't on special diets or anything like that is turkey, Thanksgiving, Christmas, ham. And then Easter kind of is really up to you because I've had, I've, I've had chicken. I've mm. had turkey. Um, I try to stay away from ham. I'm not a big ham person. No. Um, Easter is the one holiday in the year. I mean, I, I think it happens sometime in Christmas too, where the norm is to not eat something. Uh, Good Friday, you're not supposed to eat meat at all, uh, which alludes to what I was saying earlier about like, well, we eat fish, uh, which again is like, well, I mean, they're both living creatures, so I'm not exactly sure like why fish didn't get a pass and all the other living creatures did. So that's always been a little puzzling to me. But that's if, that's that's if, the tradition. There is not to eat the meat. Okay. Yeah, after the show, I can give you the biblical reason as to why that Dude, is. Please but do. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm, family, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. Our family usually just has the same things like every holiday. The way we can just make something that we don't normally have like every other day. And when my family makes up, they can go usually pretty hard on that shit. But not Dude, too crazy. My but, family's you know. the exact same way. Like my mom will use the excuse to be like, "Who wants a twenty pound lasagna?" And I was like, "Mom." Yes, but <laughs> yes, yes, I am an orch cat. I hate Mondays, and I have a friend named John. Anyway, so as soon as my Discord opens up on my phone, where I have all my links and sources, we can talk about that. But so since we're still on the food segment of this Go Hunter podcast, um, Jordan, I know you're on a diet, so this might uh, this might tickle your fancy. Okay. But this is obviously for everyone. So, me and my wife, we made gnocchi with a vodka sauce. Mm-hmm. And it was freaking fantastic. For gnocchi. those of you that don't know, for don't know what a gnocchi is, a gnocchi, uh, G-N-O-C-C-I. Yeah, gnocchi. Um, it's like a, it's like a pasta, but it's made from a potato dough instead. Mm-hmm. And they're like little balls. And then we mix it with a vodka sauce. It was, or we, we boiled them, 
and then we put in a vodka sauce baked in that. It was more more it's Jordan. When when you hear the word vodka sauce, I think you're picturing maybe a little bit too much vodka and maybe like not <laughs> enough sauce. Imagine, so I'm imagine at your face, and he's like, oh, "Hang on a second, what is going on here?" How, imagine, how imagine like uh, imagine like a tangy orange marinara sauce. Whoa, that, like see, that sounds good. Like it really sounds good. But first, yeah. I was I was thinking you usually would make. I was thinking like a lamb sauce, and some people usually use like wine to make it, mm-hmm. and so that's what kind of went to my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Why did he just substitute just... vodka in it? I was no, just thinking no. they were just doing vodka shots with making food. See, I'm I'm more of a mixed cock. See, okay, so. Tangent. Okay, this is here's the alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, here's the here's the alcohol segment hosted by the architect. So, first off, stop giving things genders that don't need genders. I have opinions on things, but like drinks, don't need genders. I Mm -hmm. love what's typically known as quote unquote girly drinks. The fruity cocktails that actually taste good. That is my jam. I will not. If you ever catch me at a bar, I promise you, I'm not drinking the draft. Or the house local beer. I am drinking the strawberry mojito or the Mai Tai mm-hmm. or whatever. That is me. Mm. Alright, so obviously I'm not gonna be able to see you guys for a second. Alright, so my phone is being stupid. So we have some good news. Okay. In the gaming world, actually. We went over the Among Us updates and all that. Mm-hmm. Um basically if you if you didn't if you missed the missed it before our food tangent, they have the new map update and it crashed on every platform that you can play the game on because so many people are trying to get on it. Um, but this is actually good news for all you uh, Call of Duty players out there. So one major complaint that people have had with Call of Duty, other than everything, has been the file sizes that you need to either download the game or updates, or it's crazy. I tried to download Warzone the other day. It was like an 80 gig download. And I could do it, but I wasn't going to sit around and wait for an 80 gig download. So I said, Yeah, you'd rather just go fight a real war. Yeah, I'd I'd rather just, I'd rather re enlist in the actual Marine Corps for a second time and then do my four years and then come back and then maybe we'll try it again. But so it's an 80 gig download. Well, they have a new update coming out that's supposed to shrink the download size of not only Warzone, but the uh, Mod Warfare and Cold War downloads. So, in the base game downloads, it's supposed to take up to 10 to 15 gigs off the download, which would be nice. They're shrinking file sizes, which is wonderful, and it makes you think, hmm, why didn't they do this before? And then, with Warzone, the free-to-play Battle Royale that everyone can play on every platform, it is taking 10 gigs off the download, which 70 gigs is still a big download, but that between 70 and 80 that's still a big difference so we'll see what they do from there but that should hopefully get people to get off activision's back for a little bit but what do you guys think why do you think they're coming out with this now do you think it's just something they recently discovered they could do or do you think that this is maybe uh 3d chess by activision whereas if they have massive download sizes that people will only be able to play their game 
and it'll stop them from playing anything else. What do you guys think's going on here? Okay, well, I don't think the last part is um is what's going on because I mean, no, no one's going to try to do that. But I think it's something that they just found out that they could do because think about it, they they went from twenty gigs and they slowly started up upping the amount. So first they went to they went from about ten gigs with the Call of Duty uh for the xbox 360 so like black ops 2 black ops uh 3 was in the 30 and then black ops 4 was way in the 50s because you had blackout all the zombies and stuff like that and then warzone came and that went up it was a hundred gigabyte download i'm pretty sure at one time um especially when they started releasing more content to it more game modes they really upped it so i think it's something that they found out that they could do i don't think they're trying to roll your console because when it's all said and done 100 gigabytes versus the terabytes you can buy for like 20 50 bucks i don't think they're trying to conquer where you can only play one game uh but i do i do see the game being higher in demand because you don't have too many insane glitches in the game to make people just want to go, I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm, I'm not playing this game anymore. So, I mean, maybe it's to stop all that. But the big question is, do you think we're going to be seeing any repercussions from this? Like, do you think there's going to be more maps with glitches inside of it? Or if you shoot someone point blank, is it going to show you shot through them? Or is it going to show the bullets bounces off him like Iron Man? I'll, I'll let these two talk before I give. <laughs> Um, I, one thing I always w wondered about is how much of that data are just assets that have maybe cycled out. For instance, if it's, uh, I, I'm remembering more Fortnite where they would cycle assets out every five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so a weapon would be downloaded, there'd be sound effects for it, and then they would, I would go get a cup of coffee, uh, come back, uh, realize that coffee is now a euphemism, so I'm going to have to say something else next time. And, and then they've already switched it. And so I would wonder, well, okay, are they just going to delete the assets and then have me re-download later? Or are they? am I just going to store it if they choose to then bring those particular weapons or maps or sound effects or whatever it is um, back into accessibility? So that what I didn't think about is the stability. If it turns out that this bites them in the ass and then... And now all of a sudden there's all these uh, additional glitches. That's probably the first time I realized just how it, you might as well just have the, the large file size and just have a stable gameplay experience. Because what you're saying is like gigabytes right now, they, they still seem to be intimidating when there's a lot of them, but we're, we're continuously moving forward. We're we're on to terabytes now. Most, if I asked anybody for advice on how to build a computer, including Jordan, who I did ask, a terabyte is now the default. You got to have one. Yeah. So, yep. uh, I I think it's all. I, I I believe this is more of an issue for uh, consoles and PC. I yes. think because in consoles yeah. you do yeah. you run into the limitations a lot sooner, and um, you do have to respect that people maybe don't have the budget on consoles that they do on PC. Yeah. Do you have anything, Charles, to add to that? Um, I have a hard. I whenever I have the money, I just buy a hard drive. Since I play, I have a lot of games, mostly because my brother keeps downloading random crap that I freaking wish he wouldn't. Freaking get his own Xbox money since he's sixteen, he can freaking go get a job or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I missed the quote. No, just with Call of Duty lately these days, they just keep getting ridiculously bigger every year, and it's like, what the heck happened when like we had freaking games like COD Four, Black Ops doing. Uh, Black Ops 2 was, wasn't even that big, but it was still kind of a big game. Like, 
Like the first two Modern Warfare's aren't even that big. I figured we installed Modern Warfare 2 to see if people were still playing that game. And um, it didn't. It only took like a few minutes to download, and it was, didn't even take up that much space. Oh, I did find a game, but it was like thinking. I think there was hackers in it. I was searching for a team deathmatch, and I ended up somehow getting to a search and destroy game. That's how I knew. I was like, "Yep, there's a hacker in this game. I'm out." Yeah, just some food for thought. On say like a Sega Genesis cartridge, I don't. I can't tell you how many megabytes they had, but I can tell you that it was basically megabytes. Mm-hmm. The most of that storage was music. Um, I remember reading this a while ago, so feel free to fact check me on this one. But like, they had to devote half the cartridge to the Sega at the beginning. So, it, to this day, even just looking at uh, uh, the content that we have, audio content, especially in order to, to be high fidelity, takes a massive amount of data mm-hmm. storage. Uh, uh, for, for video content, I don't know exactly what's the relationship between how much uh, storage a video file could take versus how that might equate to a video game. I mean, there's visuals, but mm-hmm. that part I'm not I'm not so clear on, but uh, a, a lot of it is just assets that have to be at a certain fidelity because the competition to make the game sound better, sound clear, and also sound realistic while you're at it. Yeah. So um, two things that really take up space on, uh, especially cartridges or disc when we evolved into disc, was like you said the audio that was correct mm-hmm. but also the cinematics like cutscenes yeah. stuff like that because like if you notice like even in the older games where they had cutscenes like they were still better looking than the actual gameplay whether it was miles better or not it still took up a lot because that's not um it's just the way they had to build it but also when it comes to actually shrinking the game size down there could you're just a good point it could be assets that maybe aren't necessarily used that kind of falls into the point where i'm about to make um when you're coding something, mind you, I haven't coded anything in a long time, so things might be different now. But when you make something and it's a, your original product, you add what's called junk code into it to basically prevent people from being able to take it, steal it, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's that. So and that and you know the more lines you take up, the more space it takes. Simple math. But also another thing, like a simple fix for Warzone, hypothetically, is everything you're worried about what's inside the map not much that goes up it's outside the map so a lot of games are starting to do where even at map parts that are inaccessible they add a ton of assets there to make it look mm-hmm. look nice yeah because that's what oh this tree looks nice um and so you do that but it takes up a lot of space so what people start doing is like for skyboxes and stuff like that there's nothing wrong with going back to a png you know what i mean like it's not like i'm gonna be fly it's not that you can't even fly into the sky like it high into the sky where it'd be noticeable anyway, you know what I mean? So I understand the point of having assets outside the map, but if it's going to make me have to download a game of, or an 80 gig game, I'd be perfectly okay with having a few outside uh, assets where you can actually see outside the map. But once you start going outside the map where nobody can see, there's no need for the to be actual assets. So that could that could be another thing that takes up space i it's not nearly as useful because it's inaccessible for one but um for if for immersion you do you will lose a lot of that if all of a sudden you get to the edge of the map and then it's just like uh, a fence and then like a nothingness like if i could just say like with with breath of the wild i remember they had they had that issue because i would get to like the edge of the map and there would be a huge cliff that i couldn't cross and then on the other side of the cliff is just like flat terrain, and I think, okay, well, this, well that's because the Earth is made of 
Oh man, I have got to remember to make a tinfoil hat to wear. <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta remember, remind myself to make add one. on what James was talking about. If that's all right, what, what's up? Go for it, dude. I was just gonna say, I remember hearing or reading about something. The reason, part of the reason why it takes video game developers to make video games so long, in some case, except in Call of Duty's case, because somehow they can pull out, put out a freaking game every year. Don't freaking sometimes I still question that. And, um, it's because they literally, in some games' cases, they literally have to spend hours working like every little bit of freaking data or freaking every little freaking asset. Even like how the thing I've seen on YouTube for Halo Infinite is how they literally have like a million different sounds for like every little thing between the water, the grass, and everything that they have pro- that's going to be programmed into that game. It's like, Jesus Christ, you guys put this much work in this, every little thing in this game? No wonder it takes you so long to make work on this game. All right, I have counter- every other game. That's why some games take longer to make. I have Sorry. counterpoints for both of you. I'll start with Joseph before I forget it. Um, so you mentioned what did you mention? I already forgot it. I'll go back to Charles. So Charles, you mentioned uh, how they are able to do it every year. It's because Activision is the publisher, but they have different developers do it every year. So yeah. Um, Treyarch did Black Ops, whatever, Cold War this year, and Infinity War did Modern Warfare last year. Well, as soon as they released Modern Warfare and finished the DLCs, they've already started developing another game, and they have almost two years, basically, to start developing the next game while Black Ops or Infinity or Treyarch, sorry, takes over the next year, and then the cycle kind of repeats itself. That's how they're able to... So really, they're taking two years to make a game, so that's kind of how it happens with that. And I completely forgot what Joseph said it's about okay, because I didn't. So it was about immersion and how like you do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you brought up immersion, but we're also talking about Call of Duty. So if you take the typical Call of Duty gamer, they're not worried about immersion. I mean, these are the same sweaty, you know, Cheeto eating slouch potatoes that were. Um, I'm pointing down the Jordan. That were, by the way. that were playing Advanced Warfare, jumping through buildings in robot suits. You know what I mean? I was thinking uh, this Wednesday when I, you play Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, you're you're definitely touching on one of the key uh, um, target markets there, but I also think one of the other target markets which we brought up in previous episodes about uh, Call of Duty uh, is also the casuals who they just you know they buy the systems and, and in a lot of the cases they're drawn to games just because of the graphics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for so for them they they. I don't know. They they think that they're getting a cheapened experience if all of a sudden they see like there's there's no justification for it, and it just takes a little bit of creativity to justify why there's no assets. You just well take, make it take place in a desert, right? And then there's just like spans of nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it, it it is funny to think about how like developers had to deal with a lot of limitations um, earlier on. I still remember playing Guild Wars One. And what they would have to do to make the game run somewhat smoothly is you would see a tree. The further away it was, the more likely it was just a 2D sprite. Run, the player runs towards it, and then all of a sudden it takes on 3D shape. So there are things that they could do. I think I think some of it is just the, the luxury of, well, let's not make it a 2D asset. Let's not compress it whatsoever. We don't have to. We just, okay, 80 gigs. We're just, people expect it right now. And, and I think people are used to those games having uh, high file sizes. So the... I don't, I don't know if I would say that's a goodwill, but it's like the pattern has been established for quite a while now. Um, something that the old the old Far Cry games had, I believe it was Far Cry. If you've heard of this, correct me if I'm wrong. But they would they actually did this really cool thing. So when you're playing in a first person game, you have what's called FOV, field of vision. Mm-hmm. 
And what they would, what the developers did was they would only load assets that were in your FOV. And as soon as they were out of your FOV, they were gone. As soon as they came back, they were there. And there's actually a really cool video on it. It's it's really cool. So basically, it shows uh, it shows you in the third person. It shows a guy looking up a hill. And it shows like he sees the grass and a tree. As soon as he starts turning, he sees like the grass from the where he's looking. But the grass where he's no longer looking is gone. Like it's it's really interesting. Uh, but speaking of developers who may or may not be out of touch or may or may not be speaking out of their buttholes, we have something interesting here. So uh, an unnamed source for the developers of Resident Evil have come out and made a bold claim. Now, before I continue, we've all seen either the trailer or whatever for Village, right? For Resident Evil Village coming out. Resident, Resident oh, Evil. Oh yeah, Evil. big titty. Yeah. Yeah, the the big the the big uh curvaceous vampire lady. Mm-hmm. With the freaking Wolverine claws. Yeah. I, I didn't pay attention to that. There was there was two big things yeah. distracting me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Base Jordan, <laughs> our local pervert. So he's the talker of the group. <laughs> So if you so um, okay, so we're all on the same page there. We all know what we're talking about. Well, oh breasts. <laughs> and then we can stop. Just come back. Right. Okay, there it is. I was just, just had to put two and two together in my head. Well, we all love it when they put two together. Anyway, so oh, uh, what was I? Oh my goodness, this is a train wreck. All right, so the developers oh. from Resident Evil Village have come out in public. In a statement, it said that Resident Evil Village will be the greatest survival horror game ever made. Ooh, I thought they just said it's going to be the greatest Resident Evil game ever made. No, they said know, they were going greatest, for gold. They said the greatest horror survival game ever made. Okay, I'll and have the that, videos ready. That is a huge, huge. Uh, bar to set for yourself, especially when you, we've had problems over the past year with games who were overhyped and did not deliver. So my question to you, gents, is are we looking at gold or are we looking at cyberpunk? Okay, uh, first things first, just making sure, is Phasmophobia classified as a horror survivor game? Yes. Imagine... Classified as survival horror. Is the what? Luigi's Mansion. Yes. I was yes. Luigi Mansion is classified as that. Because I remember uh, searching it up last year. But if Phasmophobia counts as it, I don't know. Resident Evil cannot compete pop, with those numbers. So, I don't think they're looking at numbers. I think they're talking strictly on their gameplay. I think they're so confident in themselves that they're... Gameplay is they they think that they have probably the best horror survival game. Not they're not I I mean potentially they're going for best selling because that's what every game developer strives for. Mm-hmm. But they're looking that they, they look they look like they want to take home awards. They they want to be part of the Skull Hunter Game Awards next year. That's what they want. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if you're just saying that as a bit, but I sincerely hope so, that we we no um yeah. so we we did our. So we did our own review of the game awards. Well, this year, I'll probably, I'll probably start it out in November, like start getting categories and stuff in November. But we will be having our own game awards 
Oh yeah, I'm Exciting. down for that. I, I'm so down Brought for that. Brought to you that. by the Scorner Podcast, and we will be giving out awards. We will be giving out awards, and some of them are going to be traditional awards, and some of them are going to be awards with a little architect twist on them. So that is TBD. Hmm. Um, but also, what do you guys think? Do you? We've all seen the trailers. We all seen have seen the big breasts. What? Do you think this game has what it takes? Do you think that they're trying to overhype themselves? Do you think they're trying to get the day one numbers through the roof? And then after that, they really don't care. They're just trying to get people to open the door, basically. What's what's the, what's the strategy here? Because these are big words. Uh, I have a question for everybody, which is um, how big of a fan of the Resident Evil series uh, are all y'all? Big. I I, I have big? played yeah, got a big. I, I love the genre of game. Mm -hmm. I am a horror survival fan. I think Resident Evil is up there when it comes when it, in, in terms of doing it right. I think the newer, I think five six, I think they went from they were going more for first person shooter rather than survival horror. If I'm being honest, uh, seven was good. The DLC for seven was fantastic. The one with mm -hmm. the family and your like that one, yep. fantastic. That if it's anything like that, I think it has a chance to be good. But we'll have to see. Um, but I would say I'm like. I'm like in the middle when it comes to being a fan. I'm just a fan of the genre. I like the movies more than the games mostly, but I do like watching people play the games. Yeah, uh, Resident Evil holds a pretty special place in my heart because it was the first time that a video game scared the uh, the daylights out of me. Full full on like running. Uh, uh, I was. I was 26. Kidding. No, I was like I was eight years old at the time. My mom, she takes me uh, along uh, with her to go visit one of her friends, and so her kids are playing uh, the original Resident Evil on the PlayStation. And r wrong place, wrong time. I, I, I as soon as I, I walk in and I ask him, "Well, what are they playing?" And it's a Resident Evil. It was the iconic image of the zombie tearing up that first uh, yep. uh, uh, victim, Evil turning one. over. Looking, looking at the screen, I ran screaming. I was so terrified. A couple of months go by. My mom go, goes to visit her again. I tag along again. And I come back, and they were still playing Resident Evil. And this time, it's like the end boss battle where Nemesis, like, not Nemesis, um, the first, I, I guess, Wesker, Tyrant. right? Because he transforms. Yeah, that's it. A tyrant just running down the hallway, chasing after him. And I run back out of the room screaming again. That, that game just, like, <laughs> embedded in my psyche. Um I love the original, like, um, I love the original, uh, you know, once I worked up the nerve to play it. Uh, I especially love the remake that came out on the GameCube. Mm -hmm. uh, I I know that they market it as a survival horror, but I don't see it as a survival, maybe because I don't play it on hard. I, I treat it as more a horror adventure. It reminds me a lot of, like, those point-and-click adventure games where you get a, a bunch of, like, convoluted items and you have to figure out the convoluted puzzles. A lot of exploring, a lot of backtracking. And so I've always viewed, like, those earlier games as more, like, adventure games than survival horror games. Uh, then you get to the, the four, five, you get six, and those are more the horror action. That's, like, the horror action trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't played uh, seven. I, I should. Um, and then you got the Resident Evil two with uh like the remake with claire i love that one that one was just uh, was excellent um we we played like the first couple of hours of the resident evil nemesis remake so like i'm all i'm all i'm all over the place i do try to get to as many of the resident evil games as i can so with this one i think it's a technicality i think that what they're going to do is reinvent the survival horror genre and elevate it to a new height i mean there's a shopkeeper in there right 
Like last time there was a shopkeeper. Yes, yes, there's was, a shopkeeper. Was Resident yeah. Evil 4, which was the horror action adventure saga. So I think they're, it's, it's going to be greatest because what they're going to do is they're going to show just how good the genre can be. And there's not going to be very many other things to compare to f- considering what they're going to do with it. So I don't know. It, it it's cause for celebration, right? I mean, that the, what they're what they're presenting is uh, it's exciting. They're 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 hyping it based off the the experience, and it's a contained experience. Uh, I think we've all learned not to believe the hype for open world games anymore mm-hmm. because open yeah. world games are tantamount to uh, to 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 errors and glitches and uh, hilarity and all that and all that stuff. So open world games have to redeem themselves, but. Yeah, oh, they're just trying to get people excited about something. Because I got right in here, the says they get their crap together and not freaking have freaking server problems on the first day. We're going to talk about Outriders in a minute. <laughs> What's your feelings of Resident Evil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, here's the thing. I think that they can actually get away with saying this right now. Because you guys remember... Um, so I don't know the exact relationship between Hideo Kojima and Konami, what happened there. But they released, what's a couple years ago on the PS4 exclusively, they released a PT, playable teaser. Yep. Or playable mm-hmm. trailer, whatever that it stood for, for Silent Hills. Which, that just that little demo was by far one of the scariest things I think many people have ever played. And that game had so much potential, and then it got canned. Because like I said, something between Konami and... Hideo Kojima, I don't know what happened there. But I think Resident Evil can now get away with that because, if I'm being honest, really only the one main contender they had against them was the Silent Hill series. Because say what you want about the movies, you know, put that to the side, boom, non-factor. The games were really good. Uh And I think the difference between the Silent Hill games and the Resident Evil games is that they didn't become action-adventure. They stuck true to the horror survival genre. Which is what we need. We need mm-hmm. we need a mix between the Silent Hills game we never got and like the Outlast mechanics. We need something. We need a cross between that at some point. I think one of the just one of the challenges of like horror games in general is that it's just hard to maintain the scare factor throughout yes. an entire experience. Yeah. Same thing with it happens with movies too. So usually by the third act, whether it's in a game or in a movie, the characters have to start like taking initiative and trying to like push back yeah. against the uh, the the evil in some way. So that that's the hard part. I mean, most of the f- the fright has to happen in the first act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if I'm being honest with movies or games, like. We're seeing too much where they rely on jump scares rather than psychological horror. And that's my favorite. Psychological horror, I think, is the best when it comes oh, yeah. to that kind of stuff. Um, but here's the thing, though. I also don't want to play a uh, quote-unquote horror game, and then within the first five minutes, I have a handgun. Like, no no offense, but nine times out of ten, bullets win. So, I'm like, that's just not scary to me, you know what I mean? Like, I think Amnesia... I wasn't the Misha's storyline is actually really good. Oh yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the mechanics or anything, but I like the style of gameplay where you are a defenseless, weak little beta man, and you have to survive <laughs> against all these monsters stuff like that. I think that's cool. Oh yeah, and then the a- AI gets progressively smarter throughout the game. I think that's something we need. But for I, this I, game, I, sorry. No, sorry, I, I I didn't I didn't realize that Amnesia was uh, I, I didn't realize that was the target market for. It. Anyways, what I think is 
I just what I what I want to remark about like, the original Resident Evil because you you do get uh, a pistol is that it, it in video games you know the characters we play are always supposed to be heightened in some way where they yeah. they have a little bit more more power than average and what I liked about the Resident Evil characters is that it was a perfect balance between like an above average person they're part of stars they're special tactics and rescue squad they're like yeah they're well trained but they're still way in over their heads there's monsters roaming around they have limited ammo uh they don't really understand what's going on and they can't escape so they have to push forward so like that's a balance that i've always appreciated where you do play somebody who's capable but is still clearly outgunned and outmatched mm-hmm. yeah like in that one scene one of the like the second movie i think when there was like a bunch of police officers and swipe I mean, um, not SWAT, um, STARS members that tried to form a line behind a bunch of police cars while a mob of zombies was coming at them. They were slowly just overrun. You see them while the three main members as part of the, um, still part of Umbrella running away while the others were getting, you know, devoured by zombies and everything, which was, and I, I remember the second movie is basically supposed to be like the um, movie version of Resident Evil Nemesis. And um, mm-hmm. you guys probably know what scene I'm talking about when all those dudes yeah. are being like, overrun by the zombies and everything. Yeah, well, they first, it, like, introduced Carlos and stuff like that. Yeah, and see all the zombies t- coming towards them and all the guys that are coming down from helicopters and, mm-hmm. you know. Dude. It's like, do you guys not know how to aim for the head? It's the same thing with everything I see with zombies, except in, like, Walking Dead. It's like, and also Zombieland, but that's a different story. It's like, do you got and even in freaking Dawn of the Dead, that you know that movie that where it mostly takes place in the mall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's like, do you guys literally have to spend like quarter of the, this freaking crap that you can f- try to figure out? Hey, maybe we should shoot these guys in the head. I I just I love the idea of like um, Resident Evil, how they went for the the idea of shoot them in the head. That was how you kill zombies, but you can't do it in the game. And even later on in the Resident Evil series, you got Resident Evil 6. Uh, that was one they tried to bring that back to. And then realized, oh, we can't do this because if you could shoot everything in the head, you're going to walk right through the game. So mm-hmm. then they eventually changed it. Just now you could get critical hits. I like how they never fixed any of that where shooting in the head works. But to kind of wrap back into the uh, Resident Evil scene, I think I think it's possible. And I think the reason they're saying this is because as it goes for right now, the top played horror games, and I Google searched this, um, the top five is Alien, Outlast, Amnesia, Resident Evil 7, and Silent Hill, uh, the original PlayStation Silent Hill from 1999. You know um, something great about that list you just said? Hmm. We literally talked about every single one yep. of those games. Everyone, I don't think we brought up um, uh, Outlast. I don't think we brought that one up. I, I brought it up. I brought it up right at the beginning of the thing. Oh, I okay. said that we, if we had a cross between Silent Hills and Outlast, we would. Yeah. Okay. So perfect. it was brought up. So yeah, I mean the top play, and I think that's where Resident Evil is trying to like. They know how they did seven, so I think they're trying to like, I don't know, follow along that same path of taking how the jump scares kind of went. And I do enjoy Resident Evil Seven. For uh, those of you who might be listening or watching this and haven't played it, pretty much is you're you're a defenseless guy that's gets just kind of everything happens around him. Um, I'm, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but yeah, you're pretty much. Back to that, you don't know what's going on. They do give you a gun, but 
honestly, you really don't use it that often. The, the dinner table scene with the family. Dude, that was so good. Amazing. That was so good. Like when I, I when I game. saw that, when I saw that, I immediately was like, all right, this game, this game's great. And I hope, mm -hmm. I hope Resident Evil Eight takes what what was good and puts it in this game. Me I hope, too. I I genuinely want this to be the best survival horror game there is. I really do. I'm rooting for them. Um, one. Because I think it's about time we've had an amazing game come out that everyone talks about, that everyone mm -hmm. can everyone can agree is a great game. Yeah. And two, we're obviously not getting our Silent Hills game. So next best thing is Resident Evil. Yeah. I, I wish to, Silent Hill. I meant to mention that Resident Evil Village actually did have a playable thing where you played as a character. I forgot who the name of it was. It was just for like the demo or whatever. You started yeah. off in like this creepy ba basement or whatever and you had to solve puzzles and everybody that eventually try to escape but at the end of the demo while you're about to escape you right before you escape you run into the you know giant lady's daughters and one bites your neck and somehow doesn't rip your jugular out then you run to the big lady herself who freaking grabs you by the thumb freaking shanks you with her freaking claws yeah yep. shake me big lady because <laughs> <laughs> i meant to mention that when you guys talk about the play really demo. Weird my wife came home as i was saying that <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we got a little taste of it. We'll we'll see what happens though. Do you guys know why it's called a Resident Evil and not Biohazard, like in Japan? Oh, I forgot that it had a different name in Japan. Um, why is it called? Well, it's called. I forgot the reason. I know Resident Evil. They call it Biohazard in Japan. Like that's like the actual name of the series. Like it's if if you, if you stop to think about how much actually takes place like in a in a residence, it's like a, one sixth of the entire series. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you think about the word biohazard, all of a sudden, all of the underground experiments, Umbrella Corporation, the mutations, yeah. all of that suddenly makes the series make a lot more sense. Um, it was called they had to name it Resident Evil. It was like an internal contest with the developers because I think it was like a music band or yeah, a rock band. Yeah, they were called Biohazard, and so there was like licensing issues. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just I don't know. It's 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 interesting to think about like what would happen if. I I modded it where all of my games were called the games in the series were called Biohazard. I don't like I that. don't think it has the same ring because like Resident Evil like it, it it rings with you like you remember it's like that classic like Sony uh, startup for the PlayStation like you always remember that if you had Biohazard it it would sound well, too much. What like, I would have uh, done is I would have done like subtitles so the first one would be uh, Biohazard Resident Evil and the second one would have been like biohazard city of evil because now it takes place in the city and then of course you have nemesis for the third one so that's clear yeah and then the fourth one would be like state of evil and then we like it keeps expanding and then eventually you get like world of evil and then the last crap, one we of give evil. up <laughs> galaxy <laughs> of evil you know that's the thing i just thought about with P oh, ps2 series like devil may cry and resident evil it seemed like in those old ps2 games that made by capcom they always had that same thing like this weird voice would say the name of the game and it's like sometimes yeah. i just wonder what the heck was like psychological crisis. it was a psychological play that they did so if you the thing is oh, sorry no uh, I was just gonna you're good devil may cry was supposed originally supposed to be a resident evil yep. game and then it became its own thing and i freaking love devil may cry 
Yeah, they were Mostly supposed to be uh, two different things, and then uh, Capcom separated it when they released an early uh, kind of teaser in the Game Informer magazines. And people were like, this isn't Resident Evil, and they switched it immediately. But um, the reason they say those stuff is because it's a psychological thing. And it's a, if you hear something that sounds familiar, you're going to sit there and remember that game off it. Like, right now, I'm thinking of all the old Resident Evil games just because we were talking about it. And it's like the same thing with uh, Smell. Uh, it's all a psychological thing. If you remember uh, playing Resident Evil, but you remember having Burger King get delivered to you, like, at that time period, when you smell Burger King, you're going to kind of remember that Resident Evil thing. So mm-hmm. I think the reason they make all all Capcom every game you find a Capcom they were constantly like saying the intro or whatever it's it's the psychological side of it and smart real smart. Yeah, I swear only whenever I do one of these things with you guys, it's when people decided they just want to be noisy in my neighborhood. Oh, sounds about right. You guys want to know it's uh, another psychological play? <gasps> what coming out coming out with a game and then not letting anyone play it? Cyberpunk. <laughs> Call of Duty? <laughs> close, close. I'm talking about. Go ahead, Charles. What am I talking about? Outriders. There we go. So Outriders released this week to large like excitement. People were pretty excited for this game. Um, I know NVIDIA had a sale where if you like you bought like a brand new NVIDIA card, you got the game for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool and all, but guess what? People tried playing it. Server kept crashing. Nobody was able to play it for the first day. Um... They fixed some of the issues, but people are still temper- temperamentally being able to like get on or off of the game. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't tracking this game. The have, I know, obviously, Charles has played it. Have you played it yet, uh, Joseph or Jordan? No, it, it hasn't been on my radar at all. all right. I just uh, well, the biggest, the biggest point I want to bring up about this is we see it all the time. Like, that... It, Day one problems are just basically expected at this point yep. because why beta test a game? That's for idiots. So even though they had a freaking de- playable demo, so this game came out, and just like every other game that has a multiplayer, servers crash when people try to play day one. When at this point you can get a grasp of who's going to be playing, like how many people are going to play in the game. You know what I mean? So, um, and if you beta test. Or have demos out, you should be able to track, you know, okay, this the servers can hold this many people, or the server can hold or hold this many packets coming in at a time, stuff like that. So why do you think that this is still an issue? I I think I think the reason it's an issue is because they like the beta, for an example. They they released uh they released the beta and it worked. I don't think they've done much more. I think they released the beta seeing that Oh, it's it's doing all right, and then released everything else. I don't think they did anything else. I think they just released the rest of the game. I don't think they were prepared for the overwhelming side of people versus like um, all these other games that are releasing betas versions. Uh, I think I said beta for the out uh, outriders, but I meant demo. Um, but for all the ones that are releasing betas, they can obviously see when how much people are coming on because it. It, the game is technicality it's out so people are trying to play it um but i think it's i think they just didn't prepare for it i think they just sat there and looked at the numbers going okay you know our service is pretty good all this stuff opened up let's just release it uh day one let's just get it out there 
and whatever issues come up, like little patches, we, we can fix along the way. And then servers crash. I think that's truly what happened. I think they could have prevented it if they would have done something. But this is all my opinions. I think that's what it was, was they just seen it work and went, it works, it just release it to the public. I like playing with it. I just wish I had figured people to play with it. Guys, like yesterday, I figured almost, I was in the middle of doing a mission, and I almost rage quit the damn thing because I figured I was getting murdered because a bunch of these guys kept freaking Leroy Jenkins bum-rushing me, and I'm one dude trying to freaking take out like 30 mother... You know, freaking it by myself, and it's like, we don't guys just let me freaking have a break? Jesus Christ, I got two guns that aren't that great, freaking you guys are just bum-rushing me at once. They want that ace. And I'm only level 13, for Christ's sake. <laughs> By myself, I can I can see the memes right now with like a uh, little guy standing there, surrounded by a bunch of people, and it's just Charles and Outriders. <laughs> I can see it now. Um, but do you think there's any? Do, what do you What do you think? Like the game crashed and all that, though. Like, do you think it was just a massive rush of people? I, th I think it's I think it's just probably too. Uh... Too many people on a server, too many packets being sent to wherever they're being hosted from, and I think that's generally just the issue. I think they're just not prepared, which is weird, but um, I guess if you don't beta test your games, you don't have an open beta for a month or two before the game comes out, you can't get a taste of how your servers can hold up when you release the floodgates, and I think that could just be an issue. And yeah. I think that needs to be an issue that is just either open up your beta testing for more people, or just exaggerate the amount of server space you need to host. And, and it's not like streaming movies where movies all pretty much have like, you know, the same format more or less. Yeah. I mean, each individual game, even if they're running on the same engine, you have uh, different assets, you have the way the, the levels are designed when uh, enemies spawn in. So uh, there's a hundred different ways uh, these things can go wrong. I get I, one, one issue that I notice, um, and I will like side with the developers on this, which is, the the way people expect to be able to access the content on release is well i'm i have no grasp of how many people are also playing this i'm in my room and i want to play this or i'm in my living room and i want to play this mm -hmm. versus like if a store open well hypothetically if a store opens or if an establishment opens and you can everybody has this visual understanding of where the supply and the demand is because there's a lineup outside and people understand and there's a clear communication of this it, it's it's the if you go back to like the the general public or the, the general general gamers is it, even a, a casual gamers which can end up making the bulk of your game uh, of your of your game base they just don't understand that they don't understand they don't and and i don't and i don't blame them for that they expect to be able to buy a game value proposition be able to play the game so that, that's the unfortunate part is that it's not I don't think it would be feasible for a large scale release to do something like um, rolling out the access where a thousand players are given access every hour or something like that just to kind of like ease the player base into it there, this reminds me of what happened when Diablo 3 came out Diablo 3 was probably one of like the most hyped games of all time and people took off entire weeks probably just like one week really to play the game but for those first few days nobody can get in because the demand was uh, uh was massive and you get one group of people who understand okay well you know the the expectations were too high but then you get the majority of people are like oh the hell's going on here i thought i was gonna play a game well mm -hmm. what oh shit 
Yeah. With Outriders, they had a demo that you could literally play right to up until the de- time it launched. And I'm pretty sure you could still probably play it to this day. There, there is a difference between the de- a demo and a beta, though. A beta is like just an actual. I, if I try to describe a beta, it's gonna sound just like the definition of a demo. It's hard to describe. It's same, same, but different. I don't know if someone can help uh, me out here. Yeah, I mean, there, the, uh, beta does give you access to most, if not all, the game for the purposes of testing. A demo is a sales um, proposition. Yeah. It's Thank to you. try to get people to buy the game so that they test uh, a a they demo or they get a taste of some uh, a curated part of the game. Um, and in some cases, for instance, in Diablo three. The demo ended up being like the best part of the game. Diablo 3 is great up until the Skeleton King. After that, mm, uh... well, you know, it's kind of uh, game developers. I love, I love when you do this because I, I have all the news articles open and I'm like, I wonder which one. I just have this little game in my head. I was just trying to guess which one. Which one is he going to? I know. Um, well, we're going to go to the Metacritic one. So if you guys don't know, Metacritic has released their 2020. Game developers of the year, or their list of game developers. If you don't know, Metacritic, they're the ones who come out with the meta score, which is basically the um, the point scale out of 100 that they give each game. They're one of the more reputable sources for getting the, like, whether or not a game is actually good or bad. They're not as, um, how do I want to say it? They're not like Rotten Tomatoes, is basically how I want to say it. Rotten Tomatoes is very corrupt. Kodak, come on. They're definitely more freaking believable than freaking Kotaku, but I don't think we're talking about that here. Uh, but I'm going to run down the top 10. And I know you guys are already looking at the news article, so you already know number one, so we're not going to play that fun game. But I'm going to go down the top 10 and see if there's any big names that you guys are wondering why they're not there or are not surprised they're not there. All right. Number 10 is Devolver Digital. They came out with games like Disc Room and Ruiner for the Switch. They're indie puzzle games. Number nine, uh, Nintendo. Mm. They have they had one. They had twenty one scored products that came out in twenty twenty. Sixty seven percent of them good, but only one game was great, and that was Animal Crossing New Horizons. It scored a ninety and over club ninety and over, and the Metacritic score is what's considered a quote unquote great game. Okay. Um. Uh, number eight was called is a, de- a dev group called No More Robots. Um, this is their first year actually being on the Metacritic scale. They did um. They released. They did a lot of remakes for older ti- older titles. Um, the most recent one they did is a Switch port of a uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Number seven was Axis Games. They do a lot of uh, Japanese styles like JRPGs. Um, they did their most, their best game that they came out with this year was a visual novel, Code Realize, Guardian of Rebirth. Number six is Microsoft. The great games they had come out this year was Microsoft Flight Simulator and Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Number five, Activision. Zero great games, but obviously they came out with games like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. The Crash Bandicoot 4 and um, Warzone, Black Ops, or yeah, uh, Modern Warfare, Black Ops, Cold War, yeah. Uh, Number four is Sony. They came out with games like Last of Us Part 2 and Demon's Souls. 
Um, ones that just barely missed the great marker were Spider-Man Miles Morales and uh, Predator Hunting Grounds. Um, Number three was Capcom. They had zero great games, but the games they came out with notable over the past year were Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Iceborne Expansion for Monster World Hunter, uh, Resident Evil Resistance, and a uh, remake of Resident Evil 3. I'm glad that faking you mentioned Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition is because the whole being able to play is Virgil thing, which is I have yet been able to do because I've been able to get that game again. But freaking that, his freaking theme was probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And if I wasn't afraid this freaking podcast would get a copyright strike, I would have played the song. Well, uh, number two was uh, Annapurna Interactive. Zero great games, 15 scored products. They were all rated 100% good. No. But uh, zero, zero great games. They came out with a Switch Adventure game, uh, Florence. And that's the only notable one that it came out with. And number one, Sega. Sega is this year's number one ranked Metacritic de- game developer. They were 18 last year. Um, They came out with 38 scored products, 95% good. Great games include Yakuza 0 and Persona 5. Nice to know that old dog is still kicking. Yeah. Um. Kind of shocking. You know what's really interesting, though? You know what game developers I didn't list? Bungie. A lot. Uh, two. What'd you, what'd you say? CD Projekt Red. <laughs> I don't think they're on the list. Uh, they didn't well, they even might be. make it to the list. <laughs> um, but uh, notable... Notable developers outside the stop it. Notable developers outside the top ten are Ubisoft at fourteen, Bethesda at sixteen. Um, and outside the top twenty at twenty-one, someone who seems to be constantly be in the news that we talk about, Electronic Arts EA. They are ranked twenty-one. Quite a fall. They had, none of the games in the top ten had had any bad games. They were all zero percent bad games. Electronic Arts was ranked twenty one. Uh, had only forty four percent good titles, and three percent of them were bad. But right underneath them at twenty two is another interesting one. Take Two Interactive. Take Two Interactive was the people behind uh, 2K to 2K games like Borderlands and all that and also Rockstar they only had 40% good games zero great games um their highest score was NBA 2K21 and we talked about their sports games it's just you know they're just repatterns of the old games mm-hmm. so that's interesting and now I want to hear your thoughts on this with Rockstar, I'm not surprised because I freaking Red Dead Online freaking sucked! Wasn't great. Wasn't great. Um, I'm not, I'm not really surprised with a lot of the list, honestly. Um, it, it was more shocking that Sega was number one. Um, but eh, EA does not surprise me. Does not surprise me at all with uh, their rankings. Uh, I actually expected them in the top ten. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really not too uh, surprised about this. Now, just to make sure, was this 
a community or was this one person? No, this was from this? Meta Metacritic, the entire the company Metacritic. Okay. So they're wasn't the ones their behind community rank- doing all of it. it no, was, okay. they're they're the they're the ones behind ranking all the games and all that. And what so what it was was every game that that developer came out with got a Metacritic score. They combined the scores and did an average, blah 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 blah, all that. Okay. And I, so and according they, to this, by the way, Team Seventeen is in seventeenth place. Interesting. I think that, that was cute. on purpose. <laughs> At Ubisoft, I could also see why they're so low is because freaking how many people are leaving that studio and because Anthem was a complete and total load. I doubt yeah, enough. well, Anthem would have fall, fallen under EA, wouldn't it have? Oh, wait, no, that's Bioware. Never mind. Forget what I just said. <laughs> same, same. Doesn't matter. They all pretty poo-poo now. They all suck. <laughs> EA freaking, all the sports games just suck ass anyway, so... I don't play sports right. games because I'm an adult. <laughs> Couldn't even say that with a straight face. Dude, I I started laughing at the word titties earlier, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a straight face for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, oh guys, all timer segment, all time favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this oh, is that's... episode like twenty one, I think. What's nine plus ten? This twenty one. You stupid. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. I miss I miss Vine, dude. Vine is great. I don't. I I I wish TikTok would really join it, but TikTok might be getting me some views here soon, so it can stay around just a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Just wait till like the next iteration, where now they take three seconds. Yeah, it's actually it's no fair. TikTok's taking all the pedophiles and all the underage girls from the Minecraft community. This is unfair. Give the Minecraft content creators back their underage people. Don't give them any lad any ideas. Don't actually. I that you know what? I'm gonna take a controversial stance here. Okay. We don't like pedophiles on this podcast. That's that's we are we are against pedophilia. Now I understand that might be controversial, but we are against it. Uh, don't, don't, don't be, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> or girl. Just don't, don't be them. Don't be them. All right. We have one last, uh, yes. fun story. Yes, gonna, please. Um, so speaking of our favorite game developers that definitely don't ruin any of our favorite things like Skype or Edit Mixer. Uh, so if you don't know, the government, whom I used to work for and still kind of do now, um, they were we were in the search for AR headsets for the U.S. Navy, and guess who won the bid? China. Microsoft. <gasps> oh my! Microsoft God. won the bid to give our U.S. soldiers AR headsets. Now, it's I, I don't know if they're gonna be for training purposes. I don't know if it's to make the soldiers feel better about committing war crimes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing maybe... to laugh at, but all right. <laughs> uh, but like when they put it on, instead of seeing a child, they see like a grunt from Halo. Maybe that could be. I'm starting to think that the Halo series is a blueprint for how they want the future to <laughs> to unfold. They got Cortana. It wasn't. They're, they're fiction, working on yeah. Cortana. Yeah, it's like it's it, it's future proofed. Like it's predictive nonfiction. <laughs> It, yeah, it, it wasn't fiction. It was a map. There's a difference. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, one thing that I'm really interested in is like I really hope like the soldiers will put it on and it gives them like a HUD, like like that's what I really want it to be. And like when like an ISIS guy comes out, it's an elite from Halo or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay. Or what does Microsoft do now? Just runs for a filter. Hello, hello, boys. <laughs> Okay, James, I need you to join the military and test these out for me. I was in the Marines. I I wouldn't have got these AR headsets. And also medically retired, so wouldn't be allowed to rejoin. Go back. And I can't join the military because of my asthma. <laughs> and I can't join the military because of my asthma. I can't so join I'm because I'm, basically like, thinking, mm, you know, I'm a C word. Jordan's like, I can't join because I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was what I was gonna say. And I was like, eh, I'm not gonna say that. And I was like, I love the c word. I'll use that. And I'm like, mm, nah. I'm now, gonna. now, I bring this up one because it, it's kind of funny to think about you know the government trying to get away with war crimes, but also, what like what what HUD would you want to see if you're on a battlefield like Halo. real life? Halo. That's kind of it's where just, I was going. It's just that it, dude. The Halo's hub is so clean and. I say this, and I guarantee everyone's going to agree with the Halo, because even streamers, like, a lot of streamers would use Halo's HUD. They don't have to be playing Halo. They would sit there and put the I... Halo HUD outline on their webcam. Like, they, people will do there's, it. There's only two correct answers, I believe, for this. And Joseph or Charles could correct me if they have a different option. They but obviously Halo is one, and then Minecraft is a close second. I'm gonna go old school and do uh, Golden Eye from the Nintendo 64. Oh, that, that is a good one. Look at the watch and <laughs> I'll stick with Halo so I can just blast blow me away from Drake and Benjamin while I'm shooting things. You know what? Charles, I, I would vote Charles for the Charles already Halo has one. his war crime anthem. I would I would vote for the Halo one, but you know, I'd love to be able to run. <laughs> <laughs> like if you, if you sit there and try running it, the the hud wouldn't know what to do it'd be like oh no nah, you're playing call of duty right now no 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 Ooh. no no running no Ooh. running maybe the half maybe the half-life hud it shows your health bar and your battery life on the side Ooh, there that could that could work yeah i'd also like work. either the i'd also like either the borderlands or destiny huds i gotta know the the original doom hud I want to see my own face. <laughs> just see your own face. Have someone punch you in the gut. And it's I just, like, I just see like my own bloody, like my getting bloody doesn't lose the word. I, I love it. I, I now just want to sit there and every time, like it would take a lot of work, but hopefully in the future, whenever we're all playing CS:GO, or whatever, whenever someone dies, it just goes from this to. <laughs> Because you have to think, like streamers, we put our faces on the screen anyways. So just move that into the into the middle, and you know, get ready to well, abuse yourself every time. You take <laughs> get ready to abuse yourself. <laughs> oh wait, I should have a black guy. <laughs> if you if you punch yourself and it hurts, are you weak or are you strong? Ooh. That's you know what you're punching yourself. You can bruise pretty. You can one can bruise pretty easily though. Like some people can bruise easily. That's so. just blood thinners. Not if I say not if you eat your vegetables. <laughs> like I don't just I, don't I, I know that's not accurate at no, all. No, it's not. Okay. It's not. Close, I was about to say. But... 
<laughs> um, eat them anyways. Like, yeah. But okay, real fast. If we had the Minecraft HUD, let's look. Let's go back for that for a second. If we had the Minecraft HUD, would they tell you everything in your pockets? <laughs> Yes. Like, would it be right there so it's like if you yes. have like a Jolly Rancher and a condom in your pocket, is it gonna pop up in that little bar? <laughs> I, wow, I just... you're really prepared to fight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole new meaning to make love, not war. <laughs> I mean, you need hey. to have a snack and just in case if you somehow get with a native like an avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I mean... need a snack and a Jolly Rancher. I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that native was a snack, all right. <laughs> now we're on the PG-13 part of the stream I mean podcast Remind me not to plug my podcast this episode Hey, uh, but where can <laughs> Speaking of which, actually That's actually perfect timing uh, We're now, what do we call it? The power strip, the power power plug The sellout, um, plug, the sellout. Power. The sellout. Yeah. The sell is All what right. we started calling it Charles, tell us where we'll find you you can find me on my YouTube channel, CJ the Lone Wolf, where I just either do video game stuff, rants about stuff, and occasionally NASCAR diecast-related stuff. And, cool. Yeah. All right, Joseph, your turn. Where can we find you, or hear you, or look at you? You or can do you? all of those, but not all at once. Uh, at uh, Ecom Onyx, that is E C O M O N I C S. That is the e-commerce podcast that I'm very pr proud to be a host of. Uh, great show. Meet lots of great people. Uh, up to and including Jordan here is how we met. So uh, really a life-changing experience that uh, I'm very, very uh, happy to, uh, to to be able to do. Uh, you can also go to giantenemycompany.com where you'll see uh, somewhat of an amalgamation of you know, what I'm up to. And I'm in the midst of setting up my own stream. Also, if we're doing stream updates, when Jordan does his 24-hour stream... Mm-hmm. That will also be the debut of the Architect YouTube channel and streaming site, dude. That that's what's up. And I guess I guess I I didn't really talk about it on stream. I talked about it off stream. But so I'm I'm getting with a uh, mental health um, charity right now. And so the goal is if I am able to hit ten thousand followers before the end of the or not ten thousand a thousand followers on Facebook before the end of the year. I'm going to do a mental health stream to raise money, and it's going to be a 24-hour stream. We're going to more than likely do it on, like, a Saturday, so we can put the podcast in. We can sit there and have some fun. A have live some podcast? Dude, yeah, a live podcast. All this if button we switching? Do it, listen, if we, do it, if we do it in December, the live podcast can also be the Skull Hunter Pod Awards. Dude, that could that could work too. I hope it's not then. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I hope it's like a couple months. Usually when I set a goal, my fans yeah. annihilate it. So yeah. you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. But yeah, well, we're gonna be trying to work with charity. We definitely well, you know what? I say we definitely do a live show. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I really, really want to do a live show. Um but yes, Jordan, you can find him at Facebook and YouTube at Skull Hunter Games. Get to his YouTube, like his crap. Yeah, like it. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram. I think by the same name. Yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Just yep. just search me up, Skull Hunter um, Games. Uh, find me there. Uh, don't don't get to my personal Facebook. I won't add you. <laughs> um, and then um, the podcast. Yeah, where can they find can the podcast? Well, first off, they can find me uh, at Architect CSGO on Twitter. That's where I'm probably the most quote unquote active. Um. 
Also, like I said, when that 24-hour stream kicks off, I will also be streaming alongside him if it's on a Saturday. And I will be also have a video out on that time too. So it's really up to you guys when the architect starts his uh, YouTube channel. So just keep that in mind. Jordan, you're probably never going to reach that goal now. So, <laughs> um, but if things. you like if you like the show or if you didn't like the show, keep it to yourself. If you did like it, <laughs> if you did like it, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, you can find it on YouTube and Facebook if you want to watch the stream. If you want to listen to it in audio land, you can get it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. That's enough of our business. And we want to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring us and helping us with our podcast. Their information will be down below. And you also hear the plug at the beginning of the show. So thank you for that. Thank you guys for joining us today on this podcast. And thank you, the listeners, for listening to us, hopefully. And on that note, we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody! See ya. More important time taking got no the way you tell me for life, motherfucker! Uh, Anchor, you sponsored this? <laughs> <laughs>